With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is another week and it's another episode of A Call Away. Adam Giardino with you, radio broadcaster for the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, AAA affiliate of the New York Yankees, and we are... Excited as we hit the home stretch here in the minor league season, less than a week to go as we record this, and the Rail Riders are in a fight for their IL North Division lives. They had an eight-game lead in the division with over a month to play. They had a six-game lead in the division just a couple of weeks back, and now they are neck and neck with the Syracuse Mets over the last week in order to see who will make the playoffs. Four teams make the International League postseason. Rail Riders, Mets, it'll be one of the two of them. It won't be both of them. The Rail Riders wrapping up a series against Pawtucket, and then they'll return home from Pawtucket to take on the Buffalo Bisons for four games Friday through Labor Day Monday, and that'll be it. Then the postseason will be decided. Rail Riders hoping that they make it yet again out of the IL North. This week on the podcast, we will get you highlights from the last week of games in which the Rail Riders have actually turned some things around. After having a stretch where they went 3-13, and now the Rail Riders playing Right around 500 baseball, but certainly fattening up on the Pawtucket Red Sox. They did so at home. They had some struggles on the road at Lehigh Valley, and we'll get you all of those highlights. We will not have broadcast banter for you. I'm going to be totally transparent. It's crossover season with minor league baseball and college football. I do sideline reporting for University of Connecticut, and it is an incredibly busy time of the year. So we're going to get you a condensed, nice and quick version, get you the cliff notes of all you need to know. And we do have two really good conversations for you. One of them, the first one you'll hear, will be Luke Voigt, who is going to be returning to the New York Yankees in short order. He wrapped up his rehab with the Rail Riders, and he was incredibly gracious to give us seven minutes of his time. So we'll have a great conversation for you on Voigt when you're listening to this pretty sure that Luke will be back in the lineups for the New York Yankees. So so it'll be good to get a little perspective on what he was thinking as he was making his way back. And it will also be good to get perspective from Davey Garcia, 20-year-old right-hander. We were able to grab him along with translator Julio Borbone chatting about his time here in AAA and how the season began for him in AA. And then, of course, we will wrap it up with our minor league report around the system, all four levels, four broadcasters giving you what you need to know about this week in Yankees minor leagues. So the look back to the last week of games for Scranton Wilkes-Barre, and it began with the victory over Pawtucket on Monday, game in which they scored four in the first, three in the second inning. They had a 7-0 lead and took an 11-1 victory over the Paw Sox. They lost seven for the following day, so splitting the first two games of a four-game set. And then on Wednesday, the Rail Riders pulled out a victory. They trailed 2-0 in the top of the second, scoring twice in the bottom half. And so it was 2-2 in the second inning, and it was 2-2 all the way into the bottom of the eighth inning. And the inning began with a strikeout, but then Wendell Riho reached with a single off of starter Kyle Hart, who had been spectacular for the first seven innings, allowing two runs. But Wendell Riho was at first base, he was an inherited runner as the bullpen took over, and Trevor Kelly came in facing off against pinch hitter Bravik Valera. The 0-1, Valera, high drive to right field, going back Castillo to the warning track wall, it's gone! 
big game Bravik returns. And the Rail Riders, off one of the best arms in the International League, have taken a 4-2 lead in the bottom of the eighth inning. So that did the trick for the Rail Riders in a 4-2 victory. The next day, Scranton Wilkesbury came away with a win as well. They had a 4-0 lead in the middle innings, but Pawtucket scored twice in the sixth to trim it in half. And then in the ninth inning, the Paw Sox got a run on the board. Cole Sturgeon had an RBI double, and so he was the tying run at second base. And the Rail Riders brought Chance Adams in out of the bullpen, needing one more out going up against C.J. Chatham. Five on down, Zuway Lin had a single in the fifth inning. Here's a line drive, hard hit out towards right field. Ryan McBroom going back, reaches up. Can he make the catch? Yes, he does. Ryan McBroom hauls it in over the shoulder, and the Rail Riders hold off a late comeback by the Pawtucket Red Sox for a 4-3 win. So that secured the series victory. Rail Riders took three of four from the Paw Sox, and then they hit the road the next day. They went down to Lehigh Valley and trailed 3-0 right out of the gate. Into the third inning, it was still 3-0 when the Rail Riders got a run. They had two men aboard, and following the sack fly to Ryan McBroom, two on for Bravik Valera. Two outs for Bravik Valera. That great speed of Burns at second. The pitch, Valera swings and smashes one in the air to right field. Listy heads back. He's at the wall. He turns around. It's gone. And Bravik Valera's got another big go-ahead home run. Tonight it's in the top of the third inning, but a four-run frame has put Scranton Wilkesbury on top 4-3. Following that lead, the Rail Riders did not look back, scoring a run in the fourth, a run in the sixth, two in the seventh, three in the eighth, and 11-4 victory to open up a weekend series at Coca-Cola Park in Allentown. But Lehigh Valley responded by winning each of the next two games. And so the Rail Riders last week, they finished 4-3. and three And again, continue to see their lead in the division dwindle with the Syracuse Mets playing incredible baseball of late. During one of the losses to Lehigh Valley, that was on Saturday, it was the emergence of Luke Voigt. He had played on Friday night for Scranton Wilkesbury on rehab. But Voigt finished 0 for 3. On Saturday, he began the game with this swing. Voigt hammers one to left field. Looking back to the warning track. Wall leaping, trying to make the catch. Did he haul it in? No, he did not. Castillo can't rob Luke Voigt. And we are underway with a solo home run. So clearly, Saturday, Luke Voigt was feeling pretty good. He went 2 for 4 with a homer and a walk. On Saturday, on Sunday, he finished 3-for-5 with a run batted in, three singles. So Voigt was pretty good Saturday and Sunday, but we caught up with him before Saturday's game following his Rail Riders debut on Rehab Friday night. And where we began with Luke, knowing what we know now, we wanted to know how was he feeling with one game under his belt. Pretty good, just getting back in the baseball shape and wearing spikes again, you know, running the bases sitting down and getting back up but it felt pretty good and I only played six innings but you know it was good to lead off and get at least four at bats um just got to work on my time in these next four games and get that back before I go back but uh pretty good so far this is the second time that the, the injury has flared up fans would be familiar with the time over in London where it, where it all seemed to start 
Is that where it started? Was it a pretty clean start to this or had something popped up before where maybe you were seeing signs of it? No, honestly, I felt pretty good, obviously, before that series. Um, I think it's something that I've had over time just from playing sports my whole life, working out. And I think it's an injury that a lot of people have. It's I compare it to something like a shoulder, like a labrum in your shoulder, like a lot of pitchers have slap tears. And I think over time you're going to develop that. It's very common in this sport, in any sport, to get that kind of stuff. And I think that London game just flared everything up down there and you know that's kind of where I've been since that it it's going to be something that you know I'll probably have to get fixed in the offseason so you know I'm gonna have to play through it but I feel a lot better than where I did when I came back the first time and I think I rushed back a little bit and now I'm finally I think I have some time to take my time and you know it's nice that our team's you know 40 games over 500 too so you know and they're killing it so you know and I want to be there for obviously feel good in September but you know I want to be there in October for when it counts. We're here with Luke Voigt on the pregame show, and you're right. It is a luxury to be able to look forward and think, okay, playoffs are likely if you're the New York Yankees, based on everything that went on last year with you being part of that. How exciting is it for you to, to look forward to something like that again? Oh, it's incredible. Like, I mean, when they really call it the concrete jungle, it's 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 pretty awesome. And, you know, to win that wild card game and get to, you know, taste the champagne after, it's, it's pretty awesome. And I want to do that feeling again. Obviously, we had a little bitter taste in our mouth losing to Boston so you know our goal obviously is to win number 28 and you know we're going to do everything we can to get there and it'll be pretty interesting see what all, all these guys are coming back too you know we got Dylan and Sevy coming back so we got a really good team and hopefully we'll get G down the stretch too so I'm excited man I just you know I want everyone to feel good going into October. Last year, you were traded from the St. Louis Cardinals organization to the New York Yankees. If you can take us back, take yourself back, what was going through your mind on that day with now a full calendar year in the rearview mirror? Yeah, I mean, I was in Vegas playing the uh, AAA Mets at the time, and you don't, you know, when you're in the minors, you don't ever think you're going to get traded. And I think it was like three or four days right before the deadline, and that's when you're hearing all these names, you know, get thrown out. And, and that's what was kind of cool about a lot of the guys in the Cardinals organizations from a coaching standpoint is that they were always like, hey, even though you weren't the birds on the bed, I mean, you're playing for, you know, 29 other teams. And you just got to remember that and go out there and grind because there's always going to be people watching. And, you know, you make a good impression. You could be in, you know, some type of trade. And for lucky enough for me, that was me. And I kind of just took the bull by the horns and just ran with it. And um, it was nice to finally get a chance to play every day. And I was kind of in that pitch hitter role, play against lefties, which is, you know, it's hard to do. And you could att- a lot of guys would attest to that. So I had a good time with the St. Louis. But, you know, I'm, I'm in a lot better place over here. And I uh, love wearing the pinstripes every day. And I think what's lost in all of this is obviously you were traded last year. You made your Yankees debut. But coming out of spring training, there were certainly thoughts that Greg Bird, you, you guys were in a, a position battle over at first base. So hindsight being what it is from that perspective, could you have imagined in the middle of that during spring training that your season would have taken you where it is? You know, I obviously I knew Greg was coming back, and he had a frustrating year, and, you know, he's just been super injury-prone, and it's kind of frustrating. I know that that foot thing's just been bothering him all years here, but we just made it a competition. We were friends about it. It wasn't, you know, I was wanting him to strike out or anything. I was I wanted him to have success and, you know, him feel good, and he did. We both had great spring trainings, and then, of course, again, he got hurt within the first week or two, and, you know, it just, you kind of feel bad for the guy because the guy hasn't 
had a healthy season since, you know, I think like 2015. So I still got my chance and, you know, I just wanted to keep doing where I, you know, left off because there was a lot of people doubting me that I was, you know, I was just kind of a fluke year and guys are going to figure me out. But this is a game of adjustments and you're going to have good and bad weeks, but you just got to mandate that, that heart rate and not have big ups and downs, kind of be steady Eddie. Um, that's kind of how it is. Just take the positives out of everything and hopefully Greg will get a chance. And I just hope he gets healthy because, you know, I know obviously going through this injury, um, and I've had surgery before in the past of when I was in high school, but it's it's frustrating, especially when you have a chance to go to the postseason and do something special with your teammates, and it's hard being out there watching on the couch, which I can attest for like the last month. It stinks. Yeah. We're joined by Luke Voigt here on the pregame show. I just learned from Billy Burns as he walked by that you, Billy, Joe Mantiply were all on the same Cape Cod League team, the Harwich Mariners. What was that summer like? Every guy I've ever talked to and asked about their summer on the Cape, it's always brought a smile to their face. So what was that summer like for you being on a roster filled with future your big leaguers yeah that was that was probably one of the that was probably one of my favorite summers you know we won it that year too which made it even funner um like we were talking earlier we had 10 plus big leaguers on that team too so it's cool seeing these guys again because you never know if you're going to see them down the road because we're from all over the country and you just have to build a special relationships and it's cool you know when you get up to the big leagues or even through the minor leagues you're playing with those guys and who would have thought geez i mean eight years later that we're all on the same team and uh, it's it's weird man but um Cape Cod is for sure, and if you know, if any kid, if you ever have a chance to go up to that league, it's it's definitely something you'll remember and you'll make friendships for the rest of your life. And there's nothing better than you know, off days you get to go to the beach and 75 up there every day, and people come to the games too. And there's a lot of big leaders, and it's cool playing in front of 30, 40 scouts every night. And yeah, I had a blast, man. It, it was for sure one of the funnest summers. Back inside a call away, Adam Giardino with you, and a big thank you to Luke Voigt for being our guest earlier this week on the broadcast, and I'm glad we were able to get that conversation for you. As we hope you're listening to this, it is our hope that Luke is back healthy and swinging a hot bat for the New York Yankees in the Bronx right now. Our second interview, as promised, is right-hander Davey Garcia, a 20-year-old who tore up AA this season and hasn't necessarily found his groove in AAA quite yet. It's the end of a long season for Garcia and a guy that at 20 years old has not pitched over 100 innings in his career until this season. So fatigue might be setting in for Davey, but when he was on the world stage at the Futures game this year at the All-Star game for the big leagues, he was electric in his one inning of work. And so for Davey Garcia, it's been certainly a renaissance. He's the number one pitching prospect in the Yankees organization, and everybody is clamoring to see the strides that he makes not just over the end of the season, but in the offseason and heading into next year once he's got a full offseason under his belt, knowing what he needs to do in AAA next year. And some of that growth is what we're wondering about with Davey Garcia. The conversation with Julio Borbone translating for Davey begins with that question. What has this jump to AAA looked like for Garcia in terms of the adjustments and changes he needs to make now that he's playing at the highest level of the minors. He's, he's learned tremendously from all the way to preparing for games to understanding hitters who are more advanced and what they're trying to do at the plate and, and just understanding what are their deficiencies at the plate to be able to attack them. When you look at your last time out, obviously coming out of the bullpen, but still five hitless innings down against Gwinnett, what was working for you in that game and, and kind of how do you feel like I guess what you've been working on here has allowed you to, to find some more success lately. Te pregunta que obviamente en la salida más reciente saliste del bullpen y tiraste sin contrato en blanco. He just focused on you know having a good outing. He he felt like things were kind of in a good place that day and he was able to 
execute and, and put himself in that spot to have that good outing that day. We're here with Rail Riders starting pitcher Davey Garcia on the pregame show. And what have been a couple of things that you've worked on with Tommy Phelps here to, to continue to refine your game and be able to, to take that next step? Que cuál han sido las cosas, obviamente, en el tiempo que tú tienes aquí, que, en lo que tú te has enfocado con, con Tommy para poder dar ese, ese paso siguiente a la gran carpa. Stay on his legs a little more to be able to drive and execute a little more. His pitches, overall, it's just been, being able to find consistency with his repertoire. The, uh, all pitches, he wants to be able to execute a little more and be able to take advantage of, like you said earlier, the, the, the hitters. And since here is a lot less room for error to be able to, to take advantage of, of some of those guys' weaknesses. And at just 20 years old, you, you've really kind of, again, taken that next step even in the prospect. You, you, you burst on the scene last year and this year, taking that kind of next step and getting a lot of attention. How have you handled that this year with a lot of distractions from off the field? He's always been in, in, that, in that position all the way from being in school all the way through the minors and being in levels where everything's been him being one of the youngest guys. So he's been in that environment where you know, he's been around older guys. So he's kind of gotten used to that and understanding that he's just a guy who's going to be able to go out there and focus on things that he needs to do on a daily basis to be able to give himself the best chance. And, and that's been his mentality no matter where he's been in the rankings. And even today, he still approaches that way, and that's kind of what's been able to allow him to, to be successful. You've gotten a lot of comparisons throughout your career to guys, whether it's Luis Severino or even Pedro Martinez, some people have thrown out. Who have been some guys that, you know, when you were little, you, you looked up to just from a pitching standpoint? From when he was little, it was Pedro Martinez. Obviously now watching the guys, Severino and Domingo Herman are guys that he still looks up to and admires and tries to, like, learn from and uh, it's something that even from when he was little he always had people compare him a little bit because of his size and, and how he was able to, to, to pitch with, with Pedro. That was one of the guys from when he was a kid that he always kind of grew up admiring and, and mm-hmm. aspiring to be. Have you gotten a chance to, to meet or talk to Pedro at all in your career? No. Uno comentario en Instagram pero no Just some comments on Instagram that he's made but nothing directly or in person that they've ever had to to, to talk to in uh, one-on-one. And just kind of one final question for you here before we let you go. You're with Rail Riders pitcher Davey Garcia, defensive coach Julio Probone translating. What are your goals for the rest of this season? Obviously only a couple of weeks left in the regular season, but what for, in your mind do you have to do to, to kind of finish strong here? Like you said, pretty much overall, finish strong. And he understands, obviously, being at this level, the next step is the big leagues. And obviously, as nice as that would be, it's something that he knows he wants to be able to finish healthy the season and, and, and finish strong overall, being able to, to be in a place where he feels go- very happy and comfortable going into the offseason. Back inside a call away, Adam Giardino with you, and only one thing left to get to on this week's episode, and that's our look around the minor league system. We've got all four levels checking in this week. Single A Charleston with Matt Dean, High A Tampa with Nick Flamia, Double A Trenton with John Moses, and Triple A Scranton Wilkesbury with our very own Adam Marco. Without further ado, let me just get out of the way. Matt Dean, it's all yours. 
With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. After winning 11 of 13 to open the month of August, the River Dogs have gone three and six cents, but remain four games back in the second half playoff chase. The River Dogs lineup has gotten a big boost these last two weeks with the addition of slugger Josh Bro back to the lineup. Since his return after a two-month-long IL stint, the Yankees' second rounder has appeared in 13 games strictly as the DH, having not made a start behind the plate since coming out of a game with an arm injury on May the 10th. Since his August 10th return, he slugged three home runs and crushed three doubles, including one apiece in his first game back that caught the eye of his hitting coach, Greg Colburn. A couple weeks ago when he first came back, he didn't see a live pitch in two and a half months, and he goes out that first day, and his timing, his rhythm, and everything was really good, which is take my hats off to him, but he's done a lot better job. I think he's got, what, six, five or six walks since he's been back where he only had five of the first, what, 100-some at-bats. So it's in there. He does recognize the pitch. He just, you know, he's a young power hitter who thinks he can hit everything out of the ballpark, but that's part of the maturity of him, too. With Bro tallying his 10th home run of the season on Thursday, he became the fastest Riverdog to reach double digits since Tyler Austin in 2012, doing so in just 41 games this season. It's come with some swing and miss, though. The Texas native owns a 23% swinging strike rate, a trait that Colbrin says will develop by simply seeing more professional pitching. And early on, he had a lot of chases, especially in an account where he'd fall behind. And he was still able to do some damage in those situations, but his maturity as a hitter is going to come the more where he recognizes pitches and stays within himself and the power will come where he doesn't really have to pull the ball or he can hit the ball out to all parts of the field and him just learning how to control his body and control his swing path and understand that he doesn't have to swing as hard as he can every time. With this look at the River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. With the Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. After dropping both ends of a doubleheader on Friday, Tampa bounced back with a 6-5 victory on Saturday night over the Lakeland Flying Tigers, led by Oswaldo Cabrera's first career multi-homer game. Cabrera hit a towering solo shot to right to open the scoring in the first and later provided a game-tying sacrifice fly in the third before blasting a go-ahead two-out, two-run shot to right center in the fifth. Cabrera is on a stretch of four straight multi-hit games, and over his last 12 contests, the 20-year-old is batting 439 with nine runs scored and 10 RBI, raising his season average up to 263. The two homers on Saturday gives Cabrera a new career high with eight this year. The Venezuelan native has also set career highs this season with 115 hits, 27 doubles, and 56 RBI. The reason for Cabrera's success this season? Well, he hit the weight room. This year I try more in the gym. That was the one reason that I think in the off season. I try a little bit more hard the last the other year before. Mm-hmm. And because the last year I feel that I make really good contact but just land right, land right all the time. And the last year I think and um, if I get more power, that land right can be a double, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was my mentally and this year was I think really good mental. The Tarpons remain in contention for the final Florida State League North Division playoff spot. Tampa sits a game and a half behind first place Dunedin and a half game back of second place Lakeland with nine games remaining. You can feel the, the, the confidence for us. You can feel the, the emotion for the playoffs. We are playing really good right now. I mean, it's a good moment to, to make the playoff right now. With the uh, Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. This week, the Thunder received right-hander Brady Lale for the second time this season. However, it comes after Lale made his Major League debut on August 12th. 
in the second game of a doubleheader against Baltimore after eight seasons as a Yankees minor leaguer. Lale recently told the story about how he received the news of his first major league call-up. I was just getting ready for a baseball, or to sit in the bullpen and getting ready for the game, and um, uh, the phone rang, and the first pitch hat wasn't even thrown yet, and we're like, what in the world's going on? And uh, Tommy Phelps uh, got on the phone and said, hey, send Lale down here into the dugout. Uh, Skip needs to talk to him. So I was like, oh, man, I'm in trouble for something. I was like, I don't know what I did. Oh, man, this is going to be bad. So I get down to the dugout, and... Um, uh, Jay Bell grabbed me and was like, hey, were you out on time for the national anthem? Well, you know, we were like barely late, so it was kind of a bad look on our whole whole reliever staff. And uh, he said, because, uh, you know, I need you to be a little bit better on that, and I need you to be a leader, and uh, I need you out on the line, and, get, you know, you're the guy with the voice down there. And I was like, okay, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, there's no way I got in trouble for this. This is ridiculous. You know, like this is a great way to start my day off. And But anyway, uh, he proceeded to say uh, – because uh, tomorrow you're going to have two national anthems. And in my head, I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, tomorrow you're going to have the Canadian one and, uh, and the American one. And right then I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, you're going to Toronto to join the big league squad. And, and it caught me by surprise. So it was, that's how I got the news. With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. With this look at the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. Friday night, Luke Voigt joined Scranton Wilkesbury on a rehab assignment. The tenth big league rehabber the Rail Riders have had this season. Voigt working his way back, dealing with a sports hernia, an injury suffered in June, but has cost him the last month of the season. Voigt went 0 for 3 with a walk Friday night in his first competitive game in the month of August. Just getting back in the baseball shape and, you know, wearing spikes again, you know, running the bases, sitting down and getting back up. But it felt pretty good. And, you know, I only played six innings, but, you know, it was good to lead off and get at least four at-bats. Um, just got to work on my time in these next four games and, you know, get that back before I go back. But uh, all's, uh, all's good, pretty good so far. The origin of this injury dates back to late June when the Yankees were playing overseas in the London series against the Boston Red Sox. Felt pretty good before that series. Um, I think it's something that I've had over time just from, you know, playing sports my whole life, working out. And, you know, it's a, it's going to be something that, you know, I'll probably have to get fixed in the offseason. So, you know, I'm going to have to play through it. But, you know, I feel a lot better than where I did when I came back the first time. And I think I rushed back a little bit. And now, I'm, you know, I finally, I think I have some time to take my time. And, you know, it's nice that our team's, you know, 40 games over 500 too. So, <laughs> You know, and they're killing it. So, you know, and, you know, I want to be there for, you know, obviously feel good in September, but, you know, I want to be there in October for when it counts. Saturday night, Voigt was the DH for Scranton Wilkesbury. Two hits in four bats, a walk, and a first inning home run. With Scranton Wilkesbury, I'm Adam Marco. Big thanks to those guys for getting the reports in this week, and thanks to you for listening to A Call Away. Hopefully, next week, we won't be with our tails between our legs. We hope that we'll be reporting mid-postseason run for Scranton Wilkesbury. The regular season wraps up on Labor Day, and yeah, the hope is certainly that we are not doing a season in review podcast, that we will still have more baseball to bring to you and more baseball to talk about next week. If you're interested in baseball, well, you can catch Rail Riders baseball every night. Pre-game coverage begins 30 minutes before first pitch with Adam Marco and me. I'm Adam Giardino. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. You can catch the Rail Riders action on the Rail Riders radio network, the TuneIn radio app, and on the MILB first pitch app as well. Thanks for listening to A Call Away this week. And if we don't talk to you 
on one of the radio broadcasts this week. We'll catch you again next week right here on A Call Away.